And hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Rich Sports Talk, Sports Talk Worth a Million, and I'm your host, Nolan Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here today. And as I do this podcast, I can just hear the offices in Pittsburgh, the front office, saying, we told you so. You don't think the Steelers and that organization feels pretty good about themselves today? Remember when people got on them for trading Antonio Brown? Oh, the Steelers, how could they give up an arguably the best receiver in football? You can't just trade him for, what, a third and a fifth round pick? And I remember at the time saying, look, for the Steelers, it was never about what they were getting back in return. It was what they would gain in the locker room. And I said, if you make this trade, realize you're not you're never going to get the full value. Whenever you trade a star player, you never get the full value. But trading him after blowups like last year, the Steelers were basically trading him for, if they were lucky, 50 cents on the dollar in terms of his value. And I said, and my thing was, look, the Steelers are making this trade, not because of what they're getting back, but because of they feel that this is going to make their locker room chemistry a lot better. And oh boy, we haven't even gone through training camp. And the Steelers... You haven't heard peep out of them. And the Raiders, this is why we put them on hard knocks, folks. It was because of the drama. Antonio Brown, in the span of two weeks, has created more drama than I can remember a wide receiver creating since Terrell Owens did sit-ups in the driveway. This is absolutely ridiculous. First, it started off with he came in injured and wasn't his feet weren't right. And you're like, wait a minute, his whole living's on his feet. What's wrong with his feet? Come to find out, he goes into one of those cryo-cooling chambers, the story goes. And he basically didn't put socks on. And, the sto- and I've never personally been in one of those machines, but I looked into it. And it gets to sub-zero temperatures in there. And you basically have to wear certain clothing just to protect yourself from frostbite. And now there's pictures everywhere of the frostbite. His feet aren't right. He's missed 10 of the 11 first practices. He's just not right. And now it comes out in the span of 24 hours from Adam Schefter that he's, quote, considering retiring because the NFL has adopted new helmets and they won't let him wear his old helmet. And he's saying unless he wears that old-style helmet he wore in Pittsburgh, he's contemplating retiring. I'm I'm not kidding you. He's considering retiring because of a helmet. And the story gets even crazier. It was reported shortly after that he's taken his old Steelers helmet and painted it with the Raiders colors. This looks like a disaster before it's even happened. And in Pittsburgh, I give them a lot of credit because they moved off of Antonio Brown. They knew it wasn't going to be a popular decision. They knew they weren't going to get the value back, but they realized how much of a problem he was in the locker room. And I give a lot of credit to the Steelers because you hear all these inside stories after the fact from Ryan Clark. They really kept a lot of this stuff in-house. But in front of the world, when they're on hard knocks and we get to see the real Antonio Brown, it's not pretty. And right now, this is absolutely crazy. You're talking about a guy who's considering retiring because of his helmet. And look, I get athletes. Feels important. 
There were stories about Jerry Rice in the training room before he would go out. He had to make sure everything was perfect, his towel length was perfect, the way his pants. There were stories about how he would run in place as fast as he could for 30 seconds, and if the equipment didn't feel right, he'd have to get rechanged and redo all the gear, and he'd go back to the equipment room. I get how important feel is for an athlete. I understand them being comfortable. But the NFL is trying to, I don't know, protect their players with better helmets. And even Tom Brady, he used to have the old Rydell helmet. They moved off of that. Now he has to wear a new helmet. The league is doing this to try to protect their players. And I understand comfort's important, but saying you're going to retire over a helmet. I mean, come on. And for Antonio Brown... If this is as bad as it is right now, can you imagine how possibly worse it could get? And let me explain. Whenever you start a new job, aren't you on your best behavior? And aren't you more aware than ever? The first two or three weeks when you start a new job in a new place, you do a little bit extra. You're on your extra best behavior. You know, you some things you would keep to yourself a little bit more. You know, you don't try to go out of the way and, you know, do things that might be a little bit different. You are strict those first couple weeks because you know what? You're trying to make a good first impression. And first impressions last a lifetime. And this is his first impression with the Raiders. He shows up to camp because he doesn't know how to put on socks and a freezing machine, has bad feet for a receiver that's game is predicated on his feet, and is now threatening retirement because his helmet doesn't feel comfortable and oh oh, by the way we haven't even gotten to the regular season yet (laughs) we haven't even gotten there I mean this is absolutely ridiculous and when we look back on this and I don't know if Antonio Brown will ever regret this but I do think when he looks back on this career if he does have a moment of reflection he might say you know what I was better off in Pittsburgh there's sometimes a great fit I mean Pittsburgh was a great fit for him because what is Antonio Brown best at it's about creating big plays and he had the best big arm quarterback arguably in the NFL with Ben Roethlisberger and look I like Derek Carr a lot but he is not a big deep ball thrower he's a different style passer and I think Antonio Brown could have a good year but I'm going to do a whole fantasy special on receivers to watch out for and he's one of them I would not draft him pure fantasy football in the first round because I just don't think it's going to be a good fit there are certain fits that work well I mean, there are certain talents like Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, wherever they went and whatever quarterback they play with, they helped them out. But there have been a lot of very good fits in the NFL. I mean, we forget Wes Welker was a punt returner. Then he goes to Tom Brady, and it's the perfect fit because he's the perfect possession slot receiver, which Brady is looking for. So much of this league is predicated on fit. And you see it in free agency a lot more where you see a guy who is very successful with one team and struggles with another team, people saying, well, what happened? Is he terrible? Is he lazy because of the money? Well, most of the time, it's because it's a different scheme. It's a new fit. And he doesn't fit the scheme like the old scheme. I mean, a lot of these coaches and a lot of these organizations, they draft and they try to find players that fit their scheme. It's not always about the talent in the NFL. It's about finding the talent to fit within a scheme. And Antonio Brown fit Pittsburgh like a glove. Don't get me wrong. He'll be an incredible talent in Oakland. He will be phenomenal if he can get on the field. But man, Pittsburgh must be like, look, we tried to make it work. We paid him. Think about it. Think about how many great wide receivers the Steelers have let go through the years and didn't pay. 
because they're great at drafting wide receivers. They paid Antonio Brown, and yet here we are. Antonio Brown once again making drama on hard knocks, and we haven't even gotten to the regular season. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it will work. And I think Antonio Brown's an incredibly talented player. But right now, I don't think he's in the best fit. And you just hear all these stories, and you're going, really? I mean, these aren't just drama. This isn't just a guy wanting more money. This isn't a guy that wants more attention, is trying to grow his brand. This is a guy... I want you to think about this. We're talking about an NFL player, a grown man, who can't put socks on in a freezing chamber and is threatening to retire because his helmet doesn't feel right and he can't wear his old helmet. Could you imagine if your little kid was like this, your five-year-old was saying, I don't want to wear socks out in the snow or I don't want to play football anymore because my helmet doesn't feel right. I mean, I'm sorry, but man, this is just, you can't make this up. If I was to ask people before this camp for hard knocks, what drama would you want to see Antonio Brown? Most people, I think, would be saying, oh, you know, maybe he gets a minor injury, which even though he did, uh, it's not the injury you would have ever expected. You know, maybe show up to camp out of shape, maybe show up blasting the Steelers, blasting Ben Roethlisberger, being really outspoken. I mean, you could have predicted that, right? You couldn't have predicted that he's threatening to retire over a helmet and also he got frostbite on the bottom of his feet from a cooling recovery bed. Yeah, I don't even know what those are called. Nah, I just want to... <laughs> I, I, you can't make this up. You can't make this up. And you got to say, you know, uh, the Raiders were the perfect fit for hard knocks. I mean, Gruden is a television character. And even if Gruden doesn't work in the NFL again, he'll be set for life because you know what? He's going to have all the money from this contract. And I do think he will get fired before the end of it. He just, to me, seems like he's caring more about the television and the branding than the actual football. But he can drop right into ESPN, NBC, television. He is golden. I mean, he is great for television. And you're seeing that on Hard Knocks right now. And the other thing I wanted to get into on this episode was the Dallas Cowboys. And I know people's eyes are already rolling if you're not a Dallas Cowboys fan. And we're talking about the Ezekiel Elliott holdout. Now, one thing that I don't like in sports is that when we try to compare a situation to another situation, because 95% of the times it's apples and oranges, and the two things I keep hearing about with Ezekiel is the Todd Gurley contract and the Le'Veon Bell holdout, and I wanted to point out why the Ezekiel Elliott holdout isn't working in those terms and why you can't compare them but mostly why the Cowboys are handling it brilliantly. But I want to start off with this for Ezekiel Elliott. For business and playing the stock market, when you invest, you want to invest in the market when it's doing well, right? The worst time to invest is to overpay for a stock when you see the market is starting to trend downward. And that's what we're seeing with running backs right now. Not even in the last 12 months, since the beginning of last NFL season, 
I want you to think about everything that has happened with the running back position. The Patriots made the Super Bowl once again with a running back by committee. Todd Gurley got paid the biggest contract. And even after one year, it looks like they paid him way too much money. And he potentially now has arthritis in his knees. And oh, by the way, in the playoffs, they picked up C.J. Anderson off the scrap heap and he helped rush them to a Super Bowl. Le'Veon Bell held out for more money and eventually signed for less money than he was going to get with the Steelers. The running back position is being devalued in the NFL because we're seeing so many young running backs coming out of college and also being productive. Think about the Chiefs. Kareem Hunt, they lose him. They cut him. They don't miss a step. He was arguably one of the top five running backs in the game. Did not miss a step last year. Now, I believe running backs have value. I believe that Ezekiel Elliott does help Dak. I believe Le'Veon Bell will have Sam Darnold this year. I completely agree that the running back position is beneficial to a football team. But in terms of the money, it's not worth it to invest them and make them a top five running back in the league. There are circumstances where it works. Gurley and Bell will work because they're both on their rookie contracts for Jared Goff and Sam Darnold. We all know Dak Prescott's going to get paid, and the Cowboys understand that. For Zeke, it doesn't play well in that locker room because he's basically cutting the line. We're forgetting he's a top five pick. He's made very good money, and I understand that running backs have a short shelf life, but Dak Prescott hasn't been paid yet. And he's basically been paid peanuts to get to two playoff bursts with the Dallas Cowboys. Amari Cooper, even though I wouldn't personally pay him top five wide receiver money, the Cowboys went on a great run and made the postseason because of him last year. They need him as well. So you look at the Joneses, and they've said, we are prepared to pay them to make them top five position players in terms of their salary with their contracts for Dak, for Zeke, and for Amari. And they were very smart to say, we have a lot of good young Dallas Cowboys here. They said, look, if we don't pay them, the money's going to go to them. So it's telling everyone in that locker, hey, if Zeke doesn't get paid, that could be more money in your pocket, which I thought was brilliant. And for Zeke, everyone's comparing this to the Le'Veon Bell holdout. Everyone's comparing this to Todd Gurley. Now, I'm going to start with Gurley. Gurley did have an injury issue. But for the most part of his career, he's been healthy. He hasn't had any off-the-field issues. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott has a bunch of off-the-field issues, including one this offseason where we weren't sure if he was going to be suspended to start the season. And I just find it funny. Like, could you imagine if you were a boss and your top salesman, he's one of the best salesmen in the country, but he violates a workplace policy and then two weeks later comes into your office and saying, hey, you know, I deserve a raise. You're like, what? You're just in trouble with the company. Why Why would we reward you for misbehaving? Gurley was crucial, and plus they had a quarterback on a rookie contract. Dak's about to get paid, and the Cowboys know it. Now, everyone wants to say it's the Le'Veon Bell situation, but here's the difference. Le'Veon Bell waited to the end of his contract, and Le'Veon Bell also understood that his situation was different because Big Ben had already been paid and the team shelled out a ton of money in for Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell's going, wait a minute. Uh, you never shell out money for wide receivers. I'm arguably the best back in football. I'm arguably one of the best receiving backs, not the best receiving back in football, and you're not going to pay me. 
And for the Steelers, I also understood it too because he also had been suspended and had issues off the field. But for Le'Veon Bell, he waited until he had one year left on the contract. Zeke's got two. Zeke's got two years under contract left. This isn't him in the final year of a contract demanding more money like a Melvin Gordon. This is him asking for money. So I get what the Cowboys are doing, and I think they're very smart the way they've handled it. They're saying, look, this guy's in Cabo. He's had issues off the field, and I do think the Cowboys will be better off without Zeke. But do I think they can survive with Alfred Morris and that great offensive line? Yes. So for the Cowboys, I give—I have to give them credit. I think they've handled the Zeke holdout beautifully, and Zeke is not helping himself because there's a difference between asking for money at the end of the contract, but there are so many things working against him that I just don't think he understands. The value of the position is going down. He has two years left on the contract. Dak hasn't been paid yet. Amari hasn't been paid yet. He's pretty much jumped the line in front of them, and on top of all of this, He's trying to get more money when he has two full years left on a contract. This isn't a contract year for him, and he's the top five pick. This isn't a situation like an Alvin Kamara or someone that comes out of the third or fifth or seventh round and is making a lot less money for their production. I mean, this is a player that was, he's a top five pick. A top five pick with guaranteed money at the running back position. I mean, you can't really beat that, and I understand that He probably, if you're really asking about his value, does he deserve more money? Yeah, he probably does. But the NFL, it's about paying players and being smart with your money. And for the Cowboys, they have to get the quarterback situation right. And I do think they're going to have to give Dak money. Then the question becomes, do you want to give it to Amari or do you want to give it to Zeke? And if you give it to Zeke, the problem is he's had a bunch of off-the-field issues. And it just seems like a guy that, You hope he would get mature, but at every turn, it just seems like Zeke, once again, he just doesn't get it. He just doesn't get how to act like a professional. And I understand he's a young kid with a lot of money, and I get that. And I get that you can make mistakes, but here's the problem with Zeke. It's not that he's making mistakes. It's that he's not learning from his mistakes. The Cowboys are handling this beautifully. I think they've done a great job. They've prioritized it the right way. And look, if Z calls out for the whole year, that's his decision. He has every right to do it. But I think he doesn't have as much leverage as he thinks he does because he's in a position that's getting devalued. He has two years left on his contract. And even look at Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell held out for more money last year. He still got a good contract, but it was not the contract that he was looking for. So for Zeke... I mean, he can come back whenever he wants, but either way, I think the Cowboys have handled this beautifully. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Make sure to check us out wherever podcasts are available, such as on Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spreaker. Also check us out on iHeartRadio as well. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can always email us richsportstalk at gmail.com. That's richsportstalk at gmail.com. And, of course, check out us on social media, wherever social media is available, using the handle at Rich Sports Talk. But that's going to do it for this episode. Until next time, I'm your host, Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.